so many people hate their own response to the following question. So what does your company actually do? Because in this moment, my friend, you have three options, okay? Number one, pitch slap your prospect. Number two, fumble your way through a long-winded response. And number three, deliver a punchy elevator story that sparks intrigue. Now, if you're nodding your head at number three, but you're like, hold up, I don't even know where to begin, then hey, don't worry. I've got your back. All right, head on down to www.theraviregiani.com forward slash your elevator story to unlock your very own free elevator story script, template, and guide. Welcome to the Influential Communicator Podcast, where my mission is to help B2B salespeople sell more by becoming authentic storytellers and impactful communicators without suppressing who they truly are or their values. I'm your host, Ravi Rajani, and without further wait, let's get into it. On April 30, 2023, six minutes before midnight, man, my inbox had a gift waiting for me. And I just received an email from Lisa Bono that her team over at Oracle NetSuite were trusting me to deliver their keynote speech at their 2023 sales kickoff to over two and a half thousand of their US revenue professionals. And the goal was pretty simple to help them unlock the power of storytelling. And man, it was an honor. It really was. What an honor it was. It was dope. It was so much fun. And as I got to know Lisa and her team throughout that entire process, I started to get a small peek behind the curtain of what it really takes to build a memorable experience for a sales kickoff or an offsite and one that actually aims to boost sales performance. And today, people, hey, I'm bringing Lisa to help us uncover exactly how she did that with her enablement team. So a little bit about Lisa. Well, she's obsessed with the outdoors, decorating her house and throwing huge parties, which kind of makes sense, man, because when you're putting on huge sales kickoffs like that, you need to love a good party. So Lisa, welcome to the show, my friend. What's good? Thanks, Ravi. Man, you know, you talk about you being honored. When I got my LinkedIn asked to be on your podcast, I felt the fangirl ownership. So um, super excited to be here and chatting with you from across the world. It's so cool. I love this virtual world we're in. I know. Imagine before the pandemic, you and I would have had to have been in the same room to really have a conversation like this, or we would have, well, actually, no, we didn't, but it would have been, virtual is just the norm now, really. It's, it's a lot of the, a lot of it is the norm now. I mean, you're right, but I think we may have thought about it a little bit differently and yeah. it wouldn't have felt so natural to just connect like this. And now it's a thing. Now it's a thing, you know, and I'll tell you what's a thing for you in your life right now is wedding planning, right? It's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> Another so you... event. Yeah, exactly. Another I can't event. get Ho- away. Hopefully less people. It's not going to be an Indian wedding with thousands <laughs> of people, right? How many people? I have a good amount of friends. I'm very blessed. And so is my fiance, but we don't have that type of network. So only around a hundred or so and okay. uh, less than 90 days. So feeling the crunch, but I'm super excited. Feeling the crunch, uh, feeling the crunch. And you're doing all of the, the planning yourself or have you got a wedding I planner? mean, 
We have a coordinator, but she's just the day of. And I might call myself the wedding coordinator if I had to be honest, but I'm not as crazy or as, you know, I give props to all the females out there that are like, I'm going to invite double the amount of people. I'm maybe even going to do it in a destination spot. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to have my own caterer and all these really cute DIY things. I'm not even there. So there's levels and we're just keeping it kind of simple. There is levels. And shall I tell you about levels? And I'm not even lying. I'm not even. Yeah, maybe, you know. Well, I'll tell you about levels. So my mom told me this and I have to believe her, but she said that her wedding, there was around a thousand plus people there. Stop it. <laughs> Swear to God. That's not a right? wedding. That's like, that's it. how do you even, like, how does that even work? How do you know that many people and whatnot? And you know what? That was a big Indian wedding. That was a big okay. fat Indian okay. wedding. You know what I'm saying? So it was a big one. That's impressive. I mean, to have a network like that and just that many people celebrating you, I can't even imagine the stress and excitement at the same time. So your wedding was then like 3,000? You tripled <laughs> No, 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 no. My my wedding was about 115, 20 in 115, 120 people in the end. A few people pulled out with COVID or so they say, or so they mm. say, but uh, a few people pulled out. Yeah, not, not of that magnitude. But Lisa, here's the thing about Indian weddings, right? Of that magnitude of like hundreds, you end up, you end up getting introduced to people you don't even know. Like, People will say, oh, hey, meet your uncle's dog's friend's cousin. And it's like, <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Like, luckily, my wedding wasn't like that. But I've been to weddings where it can feel like that. I bet. I bet. And then you're like, oh, hi, from a distance. Cool. Nice yeah. to meet you. Right. Yeah, well, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What up? Nice to see you. Shake hands. And then you're done. And then and- you're done. And hey, that's the story. And speaking of stories, what's interesting about you is, over a decade in sales, work for companies like Taboola, Snapchat, Salesforce, NetSuite. And I get that you've done a lot of fruitful things in your sales career, but what is something personally that not many people know about you, but it will help give me a better understanding of who you are as a human being today? Oh, coming in with the tough questions right at the top there, Robbie. Man. Juicy. Something personal about me that people don't know that will help mm. you. Is it personal, not professional? We're keeping it personal. Well, sometimes I think personal In is professional the- and professional is personal, but something, you know, that's we don't need to pull out any skeletons from the closet, but something, you know, that gives us a better understanding of who you are today. Well, I mean, most people, I, you know, you've mentioned I love the outdoors and I love activity. I grew up playing every sport imaginable, but softball was my game. And I did not play in college, but I trained like I was going to play in college from Mm. 10 years old up through high school, went to a pretty competitive high school. So I think my competitive nature is there and maybe it doesn't always come out, but it comes out, especially in, you know, talk about executing events and bringing people together. So I kind of think of myself as this, like in between that. I remember I was most 
influential, no team spirit. I don't know, something like that in high school of the team, team spirit captain. Like I was always rallying people to cheer with each other and cheer people on. But then at the same time, like I will look at the person next to me and want to compete with you and better than you or execute a great project or event, et cetera. So I think, you know, that background of team sports, athleticism, that is something maybe not all my colleagues know that I have that history of. I'm not doing it now, but it definitely comes out in how I handle my interactions and work as a, a project manager or a leader on, on different events and projects. That's beautiful because it sounds as though you've got that unique balance between, hey, I got you. I want the team to win. Let's go. As well as, hey, I'm going to cut your throat, right? I'm coming for you, right? <laughs> it's like you, you got that beautiful balance, which is rare. beautiful, except yeah, for that exactly. ladder. Yeah, exactly. Except for the ladder piece. But no, I'm messing. But it is a, it is a beautiful combination to have because sometimes you see in the world that we operate in today, especially especially in the world of sales, where often people can feel like they're defined by their number. You can be in your own lane, just focusing on you and not really looking left to right and seeing how your team are doing. So it's cool that you got that. And obviously being in enablement like you are, you can infuse that mindset down to the rest of your team, which is interesting, which is interesting. Now, we know today's episode is about the sales kickoff that you recently put on with your team over at Oracle NetSuite. But I realized that maybe not everybody knows what a sales kickoff is. Now, if you probably don't, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. But speaking of sales kickoffs, how would you define it to somebody who's not in our world? What would you say? How would you describe it in two sentences? That's a great question too. So I would say it is Typically, an event, event can mean something different for each organization, given your size, scope, and budget, meant to bring potentially all employees together to do two to three things, motivate, inspire, and educate. I like that. Motivate, inspire, and educate. I've always liked the term edutainment. It's Yeah. That's fun edutainment with a sprinkle of inspiration and also having some tactical tips that actually take away so but i like i like i just hijacked your definition but i like i like your definition right and you know for you this year obviously the team was storytelling which is why i was the keynote this year for you but hence this conversation but why storytelling there must have been so many themes that you were considering why was storytelling a focus for you in 2023 that's a good question too, Ravi. So I think twofold. We looked at the second part of my going back to my definition would be motivate, educate, inspire for the upcoming year ahead, since it typically is a, a yearly event. Yeah. Which ties into my answer here. So looking into our fiscal year ahead, which unique at Oracle, given that we start in the middle of summer, but also kind of fun because most everyone does their New Year's resolutions in January. And at Oracle NetSuite, you get two opportunities in a year to reset and rethink about your goals ahead by starting in June. But I think as we think about this year ahead, there are some headwinds against everyone in, in the tech community. And our theme was really level up. So how can we think about our sales reps opportunities to just take that next step 
you know, we wanted to be realistic with our theme overall and that we're not saying, you know, best year ever or blow it out of the water, but just take that 1%, you know, what can you do differently? And that really tied into this concept of storytelling because it's not a completely new topic, like you mentioned, for our sellers. It's something that we do really drive in our onboarding process with our new hires and even with our sellers who has who have been with us with our ongoing reinforcement conversations. But the other thing that I think is really unique about NetSuite is kudos to our marketing team. They have taken the time to gather a lot of stories to tell about our prospects and customers of what NetSuite has done. You know, I've worked at organizations we do at where we were begging for case studies. And so I think our sales reps have a really unique opportunity with so many stories to be able to tell. And it's also something that I, you know, you know this too, speaking with us, NetSuite has a diverse audience that we sell to, but also that we have as sellers. We have, you know, people selling new business. We have reps driving new opportunities with current customers. And we even also have our fantastic BDRs at the front lines, having those initial conversations with prospective prospects. And so, as you know, with stories, that can take a number of different modes and types of conversation. So we really wanted a theme that would be able to connect with multiple groups in the NetSuite ecosystem. And what's interesting about what you mentioned there is conversion means different things to different people. But the beautiful thing is, is as you chose customer stories to really focus on for the sales kickoff, they can be used to grow accounts. They can be used to land accounts. It's just such a beautiful way to allow your prospect or customer to be the hero of the story and actually take action. But I remember we were going through a process. We were like, ah, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's like whiteboard this. Are we going to focus on maybe an elevator story? Are we going to focus on customer stories? Why did you specifically choose customer stories? What about that really resonated with you the most when it comes to bringing that to your team? I think you've said it. I mean, customer story can be leveraged and modified and created for any type of conversation. So it Mm. felt like it was that story that would reach our mass audience, but also could be manipulated to adhere to the specific conversation. Our sales team or even our support team, our marketing operations Mm. team are having. And we're not even getting into like, the humanistic or the psychological elements that you talked about. And there's so many things that you can pull from teaching in even a customer story that can also translate into that elevator story. So we just felt like it really was like one size fits all approach in a way, knowing that we can't please everyone, but as much as we could. Yes, that was one of the things that we were focused on, right? Which is how are we going to ensure that this hits the mark for for everybody, right? The new business folks, those who are account managers, like every single person who really is going to be attending the, the sales kickoff. So hopefully it did it. And what I'm curious to know is 
when it comes to the story selling methodology that you saw that I teach, Lisa, was there anything specific inside of that where you thought, ah, I want to bring this to the team? Absolutely. I mean, well, first of all, your showmanship just as a speaker, your ability to come through the camera. I mean, we had a, a situation where unfortunately we weren't in person. You we were speaking in a webinar format. You couldn't even see the two and a half thousand people that you were speaking to, but we felt like we were in a room with you. And that is always something that I look for in our outside speaker, motivational speaker, if you will. But outside of that, I think the simplicity of your framework. When you talk about storytelling, I, as a consumer person, always think, okay, now we're going to sit here, sit back. This is going to be a 15 minute long story, which it could be, right? But as a seller, you really want to be succinct and concise with your words. And I think that's the hardest thing to teach about storytelling and the fact that you had four simple steps, hook, story, impact, call to action that could be applied to the NetSuite customer story, prospect story, you know, specific story about a module, what have you, for then again, our three different types of sellers. I mean, done and done, right? Like the fact that it was just so simplistic that we could then modify it. And then we can talk about this later too, but the opportunity to come back and reinforce it in a smaller team setting as well to get into those nuances of how to create the story using that easy framework was a an additional win for us as a, a team, especially on the enablement side. Oh, well, thank you, my friend. I'll receive that compliment with open arms. Thank you. I appreciate it. You should. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I do want to talk to you about the reinforcement piece because I think it's really important. And I'd love for the audience here to learn a little bit about how, how you guys are going to do that. But actually, I'm curious. Be real with me. Okay. Level with me. It was virtual. Actually, it was hybrid because you had people on site and then you also had people virtually so i want to know about how you actually went about organizing that in a second but <laughs> be real were you secretly like ah is this gonna work virtually with a virtual speaker were you like secretly scared or were you like no actually like we've, we've done this two years in a row it's cool i mean there's always i think an event planner can relate to this probably like 15 maybe sometimes 20 percent of you were like oh shoot this is gonna fail <laughs> of course, moments of panic. But no, I think, yeah, it's the fact that we have done this a couple of times now virtually, yeah. I've been involved virtually at least, definitely made us feel a bit more at ease and set our, I think setting our expectations appropriately is a big part of it as well. Yes, I think that's important. You don't want an expectation hangover because that's a painful headache, right? And as you mentioned, right. you've done this a few years in a row and you've done a hybrid format. Now, what I think the audience would love to know from you is, okay, you choose the date. Two days go, you choose the date, bang, 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 boom. Now what? Like, what, what do you actually do? Do you sort out the speaker first or do you, like, where did you even begin? Talk us through high level five steps that somebody has to focus on to organize something of this magnitude? Yeah, good question. You got to love spreadsheets, I think, to think about a sales kickoff first. But you also have to be creative. So five steps. Okay, so I think number one is the theme. What is our theme that we can carry through throughout yeah. this conversation? What are the things that we have to have to touch on? You know, we had our group had some 
different technology, different announcements that had to be shared in this kickoff. So, you know, what what are those things? I'm leaving out the the hardest part for for the end. Who's going to be involved? Who are planners? Who are people to to help? And then I think this is an area too for a, a lessons learned. So maybe that's why I'm hesitating. But what does the follow up look like? What does that reinforcement look like? The last thing you want to do is have a party and no one ever wants to talk about it again, right? So what what does that second conversation look like? And then finally, yeah, what are the logistics? How is everyone receiving this content? And how how are we going to execute on this content? So luckily, I've been fortunate to work with some of the same team members over the last three years. So we kind of just plug and play based on what we've done previously. But I'd say too the the obviously the the time, how much time you want to devote to an SKO. We used to do three days. Now we do two days. That's even evolved as well this year, two days versus what we did last year with two days, which we can talk about as well. And then of course your your audience, right? Like what's the state of your audience? How are they feeling? What's the tone? What do they want from it? Mm. I gave you big... more than five. But... I like it. You you over-delivered. It's fine. I like it. I like it. You superseded my expectations, my friend. We're good. We're good. But I'm actually curious to know, how big is the team that you put together to focus on this? Like, it feels like a SWAT team. So how big is the team? <laughs> so it did feel like a SWAT team sometimes. Yeah. The team was great. The team was ready to go. So helpful. So we had 12 enablement advisors that I yep. worked with on a, a pretty close basis, but then we also had about five different leaders that I and then a couple other directors would have a conversation with those leaders about what the team was handling. So we kind of had our core project team, and then we had our executive leadership team, and there were conversations in between those two. And then even that executive leadership team was having conversations with our, our sales leaders, making sure we were all more or less aligned. Cut, pause, or whatever we need to say for me to get your attention. Because before we get back to the show, I have some breaking news. Okay, listen, ladies and gents, feature selling is dead. And story selling is alive. Because if you really want to build trust, stand out, and close more deals in a recession, then you need to try something new so you can drive your company to a world of efficiency and profitability. And that's Exactly why. I've opened up many slots this year for different companies to partner with me for implementing my story selling framework inside of their sales process. Now, the outcomes are all the good stuff. I'm talking about increasing average order value, collapsing time inside of your sales cycle and driving win rates. But more importantly, transforming your team to sell in a way that really focuses on human connection. And hey, that's what I'm all about. So if you're nodding your head right now, then head on down to www.therabbyrajani.com forward slash contact to book your complimentary discovery call to see if there's alignment. And hey, if there is, great. And if there's not, that's cool too. I'll see you on the other side. I love it. I love it. I actually expected you to say more than 12. So it's actually incredible how it's how you put on wow. something so huge so quickly. To that point, I probably should have also said that, yes, once we got to the, the ground floor, if you will, the day of execution, right. those 12 were working across a number of different locations 
with a handful of amazing facilities and we call them hub heroes, but different uh-huh. sellers and that suite employees to kind of execute what the look and feel was going to have in those specific locations. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember meeting one of, no, two of the hub heroes. Oh the yeah. Day, right. And I was like, yep. hey, listen, if I can bring you on halfway through <laughs> just to get, you know, bring you up on the virtual stage to get your vibe and feeling of what it's like in the, in the room, can you do that? And he was like, yeah, man, go for it. He, uh, I think he had a, did he have a cowboy hat on? Have I made that up? Ranga, our, our VP of, of our field marketing. Yes. He, Ranga changed his hat. That's Ranga's <laughs> claim to fame for SKO or doing something else. But this year it was changing his hats in different situations. So yes, I think at that point he had a cowboy hat on. So he was wrong with our MC, which he does a fabulous job every year. Yeah, he was good. He he was good. He had, he had charisma. He had the swagger. He was good. He was good. Totally. um, Yeah. Which you definitely need for something of that size in an MC, right? Yeah. And yeah, and you need it for that size. You need it for that hybrid conversation, you know, and anyone who's listening, who is planning or thinking about a hybrid event, there are so many nuances that go into that. And I think it's definitely something that the enablement community needs to continue sharing because I I think for maybe some of us for the foreseeable future, we'll be in somewhat of a, a hybrid world for these different events. No doubt. No doubt. And I think that's that's where, from my perspective, as a speaker, I was very focused on, okay, how can we ensure that this virtual setup feels as impactful as an in-person experience? Because I think that's what of people worry about. They're like, is it going to be as impactful? So what I really think is if you want to create a memorable experience, you have to invest in that virtual setup like you did, right? You had adverts playing, you invested heavily in the theme and having different commercials, which are associated with that theme. Everything was tightly knitted into a very specific fashion, but all focused on creating an incredible and sticky virtual experience. And speaking of sticky, which sounds like a creepy word, but let's just run with it. Speaking of sticky, the follow-up training, right? As in the the reinforcement that we spoke about. Now, one of the things, actually, I don't want to spoil it. Why don't you tell everyone, what what are we doing to really reinforce that training with the NetSuiteers? I'm so excited. This is the first time we've ever done this. So bringing you back and we're calling it the first, the NetSuite inaugural story slam. And we're bringing sellers head to head with each other allowing them to have the opportunity to compete in a smaller team setting. So we're getting that reinforcement in a smaller group and creating a 90-second story of their choice. Pretty simple. And they submit it to our enablement team. We're going to put our American Idol judge hats on, pick two finalists to send to you, and then they get the opportunity to deliver their story with you live in a one-hour virtual conversation. And then uh, they get to hear your feedback as well as all of the other sellers cheering them on. And so I think it's that great combination of competition, reinforcement, and again, some education because I'm sure you'll come with some new tactic that they can think about or way to position their ideas and thoughts. Well, before we even get into that, how 
how much kudos well actually let's, let's put it this way i have so much love and so much admiration for the people who are like you know what i'm gonna do this in front of like a thousand people I'm going to do it in front of all of my peers and I want my story deconstructed. I want to show everybody what I've done with this framework. That's hard. That that not is not easy. Not easy at all. So, have you received any um <laughs> submissions yet or are we still waiting? <laughs> oh, Robbie, you're so on top of it. <laughs> we haven't gotten any we have not so we needed to kind of let the dust settle a little bit. Our teams needed a minute to reset. Beautiful. They had a lot of information at them at June. So we just recently got that invite out. And now we've got, you know, 2000 sellers to share this information with. So we are all promoting and reinforcing with our, our managers. But I know it's going to be a couple of, of special people who, to that point, are okay with being vulnerable and getting feedback in front of their peers. So I don't expect to get hundreds of submissions, but I know there's sellers out there that are up for that challenge. Well, I've definitely got some cool prizes and gifts for these people because it is going oh. to be. Oh, oh, yeah. Everyone does that when I speak about freebies. I'm like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Everyone's like, wow, free freebies. Oh, yeah, give me some of that. <laughs> we just forgot about that over the pandemic and, you know, inflation now. It's like, uh, what? Free? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't exist in today's world, does it? But uh, no. We've got some gifts and some free bees for those people, but it is going to literally be like an American Idol style panel. Are you going to be Simon Cowell or like what, what sort of vibe are you? Are you more gentle or are you like, here it is? I feel like, I feel like I just, Jennifer Lopez and like Paula Abdul popped in my head. I don't know. Maybe that's just <laughs> like a 90, 90s crush is coming out or something. I don't know that I can have that stoicism that Simon can portray. So I think I'd go back to my like spirit girl and be like, that was such a good job. Back to softball. You really crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe think, maybe think about, you know, speaking up a little bit. I, I think I might channel those people, but we, we do need to find a Simon Cowell out there. Do you have one we can borrow? Oh, I've got plenty. I, I can, I can. <laughs> You're definitely... a little closer to his network than we are in california Def yeah well i think you are definitely did no no he lives in california doesn't he? he's not well that's true i was just thinking he's british but... yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i hear you i hear you but to fill in the blanks for people what we're going to be doing is a one hour story slam where people are going to take the framework that i taught they're going to turn a use case or a case study into a story and deliver it in less than 90 seconds and then using a scorecard we're going to dissect okay from a structure and delivery perspective did this really move people to take action and it's going to be myself lisa and a few others who are sitting on this panel and yeah giving heart-centered yet constructive feedback all right that's that's the goal heart-centered but constructive but for you lisa when it comes to kpis where do you think this will have the most impact is it on win rates is it through reducing the sales cycle because there's more trust where do you think something like this will really help the sellers win more relationships yeah good question i think of course, it's going to mean different things when we start breaking down our, our sellers. But overall, I tie it back to just that pipeline generation and net new opportunities. I see this really 
supporting that kind of top of funnel conversation because I, I think so many of our prospects have that FOMO. They want to know what someone in their space looks and feels like them has done. And that, you know, initial customer story or story about someone who's, you know, used a module that they're looking to add on really just breaks the mold. So I, I see it, it hitting the top of the funnel, but you could absolutely make a case that, you know, there's number of active days for an opportunity to close, even mm. decreasing yeah. if there's the ability to just tell our story in a, a succinct manner, you know, that can come at in the top funnel, but that can also come later stage when you're negotiating price and you're taking a step back and telling a larger story about an integration that, you know, saved a company X, Y, Z amount of money to get people to think about those soft dollar savings, maybe a little bit more than just how much hard dollar is this, is this going to change my budget? And as you mentioned, this idea of sharing emotive customer stories, not use cases or case studies, stories effectively will impact different people in the business differently in terms of their ability to use it in different types of conversations. And it does, it does, and we kind of touched upon it earlier, but it does lead me to ask the following question where you've got so many people you have to quote unquote, please, when it comes to organizing something of this magnitude to the point where you just can't please everybody. So what's your mindset going into something like this for somebody who's in enablement, organizing their first ever SKO, and they've got sales leaders saying this, they've got the individual contributors saying this, they've got products saying this, they've got marketing saying this. How do you filter out the noise and get comfortable with, you know what? We're going to lose some people. Not everyone is going to love it. And that's okay. That's tough. If you're an overachiever or you haven't done this before, that is your mindset. I have to make everyone happy. I want everyone to be excited or say this was worth my time. And it, like you said, it's just, it's not realistic. You just, I had this written down in my conversation with you that you have to set the expectation that Sadly, a B or C grade here in this type of event is really an A grade. But I also think as an enablement professional, you have to trust your gut. You have to trust what you know about the organization and what they as sellers need. Oftentimes, we'll go through, we'll send out a survey or we'll ask managers a specific question, what do you need for negotiation training? What what skill, where's the skill gap? And oftentimes as an enablement group, I want to say at least eight out of 10, the feedback that we get is typically the same problem we were already trying to solve from our own heads. Now there's value in that validation, of course, from your audience of who you're trying to please. But I often think that enablement professionals are there for a reason. They have that experience of their selling team, they are listening to the goals and the themes of their organization, you're going to know what you what is applicable for your team. And just to trust that gut kind of goes back to the, some of your own our old wives' tales of of advice as as people. Like your gut never lies. Well one thing I want to acknowledge you for, which I really noticed and I thought it was awesome, was there were times in the process when we were looking at how to 
once again, create a memorable experience with the keynote together. And there were times when intellectually something made sense for you and you were like, oh yeah, I get it. But then intuitively you were like, ah, but then there's something, I don't know. I don't know. There's something off here. And you did trust your gut. And there were certain things that I know you were working on logistically throughout the process that you went with your gut on and you didn't say, okay, but this intellectually makes sense, but it doesn't feel right. But anyway, I'm just going to run with it. So I really think that's a superpower. Is that something you've always been good at? Or is that just something you've learned after a decade plus in sales? I think it's gotten better with my experience for sure, but I'm not going to lie. I do have a weird sixth sense of people and emotional intelligence of yeah. <laughs> your face. I wish everyone could see your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just creep Robbie out. Okay. And probably everyone else. I, s- I see like... dead. All I thought was, I see <laughs> dead people. That's what I thought straight away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not that weird. Not that weird. To back it up, which I think a lot of enablement solid enablement professionals have is that understanding of their audience. And that I think is probably what I should have led with, but it's more fun to say six cents, right? But just, I just always try to put myself in the, sh- in the shoes of the audience or the seller, or the person on the other side. And yes, to your point, there were times where maybe by the book or intellectually, we wanted to express X, Y, Z, but in reality, it was ABC. And to me, you know, we're all people at the end of the day. I used to always think as a seller, like people buy from people they like. I think audience members appreciate enablement facilitators that speak their language, that understand their perspective, that put themselves in the person on the other side's shoes, as opposed to kind of taking that teacher mentality, right? So that is what I tried Yes. And I, that was amazing that you picked up on that, but I have tried to lead the SKO team on and for other people listening, definitely not easy when, as you mentioned, there are so many cooks in the kitchen with their own perspective and win stories that they want to get out there. But if you can hold true to that audience perspective, I think you'll, you'll have a, a solid experience. And I just want to back you up on that as well. You're not just saying these beautiful things because you actually have real actions to back it up. For example, you sent out a survey and spoke to specific sales leaders in the business. Like, what do you actually want? And the individual contributors. And then you said, is my hunch on what people want true or is it false? And then we really dug deep into what we want to craft for the actual keynote, which I, which I think it was a, it was, great to do. And it's so cool to have done that with you. Cause I really felt like it was a collaborative experience versus all right, Rav, go do your thing. And then that's it. Because that's actually worrying for you. I would say if I'm just like, just leave me to it. Just, just no, just yeah. leave me to it. Don't mess with my thing. Right. Absolutely. And I I'm happy that you brought that up because that is absolutely one of the other selling points of why we had you and chose you as our keynote because you were open to that collaboration and for enablement professionals that are thinking about an outside speaker and also would like that collaboration. There are speakers like you that are open to that. And we appreciated that because we, for all the reasons we just talked about is why it's important, but there are some speakers out there who, yes, said to, to your point, this is my story. And we don't collaborate. Sometimes it's not, you know, we can't even speak to the 
the actual speaker. And I understand that side of it too, but that for our team, that just hasn't felt like the right fit. And I think that's it. It just needs to feel like the right fit. Someone who could has that background could be appropriate for enablement professional that's looking for not much engagement. But for us, this is what has made sense. And it's appreciative that you did that. Thank you for acknowledging me for that. I appreciate it because one of the things that I really care about is this is this personalization piece because I think the worst thing is if you're you're sitting in the audience and you feel like somebody's delivering something but without having actually thought about you. You know, like actually thought, oh, okay, let, let me speak their language, etc. So thank you for acknowledging me for that because it means a ton. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now, before I let you go, right? Before I let you go, what I do want to know is if there was one costly, ugly, and expensive mistake that you've made or the team have made in the run-up to any of the SKOs, you don't have to give me the juicy details, but what is it and what would you have done differently? Oh, yeah. What do you mean? It was perfect. Everyone <laughs> thought it was amazing. Done and done. Yeah. Hanging up. We're out. We're out. <laughs> like we talked about, hybrid is not easy. And technology is evolves so quickly. And there's devil in those details of the technology setup, especially when you're planning for different locations. So I think not underestimating the details that go into that technology and logistics setup would be something that I would absolutely caution other people to to dive deep into and and just think think that all through as much as you can at the same time again like hybrid is is never going to be a perfect easy setup for everyone but giving yourself enough leeway to to work through technology and logistical setup, I think would be something that if I had to do a little bit differently, I think we we might go back to that in more depth and earlier in the planning process. Would you have had somebody specifically dedicated to that organization or is it actually just more time and depth focused on that? Is there an actual solution I'm trying to extract here? I think the solution is the people on the ground communicating with the planning people. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that because if they're getting hyped up in the moment and then they're like, oh yeah, I'll go the zoom link. What zoom link? Right. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Right. Okay. Right. Or they're like, you tell them maybe a, a couple of weeks before. Yeah. Okay. We got that. Sure. And you know, to everyone, everyone's moving at a, a lot of a high speed. I have a lot going on, but those conversations, should happen in detail and pretty far in advance. So yeah, it's it's just those two groups talking and maybe that does mean more people for other people, but just that communication between virtual and on ground. Ladies and gents, Lisa Bono on how to create a memorable sales kickoff that actually does what it says on the tin. And it actually boosts sales performance. So Lisa, before I let you go, my friend, as you know, this show is called The Influential Communicator. So who is somebody that you look up to right now and you're like, man, they really communicate with influence that you would love to highlight because, hey, I'd love to have them as a guest on the show. 
So don't say somebody oh. like somebody last somebody ages ago said Steve Jobs. And I'm like, well, that's difficult. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna go with Oprah. She is my <laughs> communication guru. I really yes, I grew up watching her. I'm dating myself a little bit here, but even now I listen to her podcast. I stole some of her ideas on her recent Netflix special and thought about them through for our SKO. So yeah, I don't know. That woman just She's got the gift of gab, but the ability to like extract great information from people I could go on. Okay. But you want someone who's no, got no, no. millions and millions of dollars. No, no. Listen, <laughs> if you know Oprah and she's willing to have a chat, listen, I'm down. I'm down. But no, Oprah's good enough because nobody's ever said that actually. So scrap really? that. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be somebody that um <laughs> we could have as a guest on the show because, hey, that was a, that was a different answer. No, I hear a lot of Simon Sinek. I hear a lot of uh, the... No names that you and I have heard of in the world of thought leadership, but Oprah, I like, I like, you know, I I didn't expect you to say that. So that's beautiful. So Lisa, if people want to learn more about you or learn more about NetSuite, where do they go? Oh, well, happy to connect with anyone over LinkedIn. I try to keep that as my main source. I know you and I share a lot of ideas and, and thoughts over that. So definitely connect with myself, Lisa Bono on LinkedIn. And if, you know, NetSuite sounds like an opportunity for you from a job perspective, or, you know, from someone who's interested in in buying, we've got a wealth of information on just our website on netsuite.com. There you have it, ladies and gents. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, hey, here's what I'd like you to do. Take a snapshot of you listening to this on Apple or Spotify. And hey, Write a post on LinkedIn and tell Lisa and I, tag us actually, don't tell us, tag us on what you found to be the most impactful piece of information. What's that golden nugget that you took away from today's episode? And hey, if you are looking for a speaker for your next sales kickoff, I would love to hear from you and see if there's alignment between us two. So you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes. And anyway, enough about that and more about you and ultimately how you can get more of this. So very, very soon, actually it should be out now, but we've got the Influential Communicator newsletter. So, hey, if you want to get email strategies on how to communicate with influencers or sell us straight to your inbox, head over to the link in the show notes to do that. And by the way, I gave you two call to actions, which is a sin in my books and I just did it, but I don't care. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Much love. Peace. I have a question for you, my friend. And that question is, is what would it take to have you subscribe to the Influential Communicator podcast and leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice? Because I tell you what, my friend, my big mission is to help B2B sellers and all listeners of this show sell more by becoming influential storytellers and communicators without without suppressing their personality and disowning their value. So hey, the more the word gets out about this podcast, the more people we can gather on this mission. So if you could support me, then hey, that would be dope. And if not, that's dope too. Either way, I got love for you. All right, I'll see you on the other side.